This week, our executive producer, Adam Gobeski, suggested we watch the 1985 movie King Solomon's Mines. Uh, but we figure as long as we're going to watch an 80s action flick about finding a missing father figure while pursued by Germans, we'd watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade instead. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Respect. I'm Charlie Wallace and I'm your first co-host. And I'm Jessica Claris and I'm your second co-host. Welcome back from our holiday break, Jessica. Yes, welcome back, Charlie. Yeah, it was nice. We took a couple week hiatus. Yes. I suppose. Is that is that the right word use of the word hiatus? Sure. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm not. Does, ha- does two weeks count or does it have to be like a month or <laughs> I don't know. We can Google that later. I don't. I don't, I don't know what qualifies as a hiatus. <laughs> a break of any kind. A break of any kind. So check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I got a chance to go back to Michigan. I did my usual around the lake trip, and I visited uh, our guest for today. Ooh. Who is Drumroll? My mother, Marcy Wallace. Welcome to the show, Marcy. Mom. Why, thank you very much. Hello. <laughs> We got a chance. To, yeah, I think we got a chance to watch a couple of movies together, didn't we, Mom? As we usually yes, do. Yes, we did. We saw uh, what was uh, the Last Jedi. We saw that together. And, oh yeah. Um, seems to me we saw some on television too. So yeah, the Last Jedi was was fun. I know we're not talking about this in this episode, but yeah, <laughs> you might be surprised. Yeah. As long as we're talking about George Lucas related, uh, yeah, properties. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so why don't we start out with a little synopsis? Sure, sure. Well, as Charlie said, uh, we're talking about Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, the uh, final addition to the Indiana Jones trilogy, and uh, coming on the heels of the um, pretty poorly received uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, in this film, you have Indiana, this time joined by his father, played by Sean Connery, and um, they are on a quest to find the Holy Grail, the cup that uh, Christ used at the Last Supper and that caught his blood at the crucifixion. Of course, you know, you got to have you got to have some obstacles. So not just <laughs> trying to find it, you know, some object that's been lost for a, a you know, a couple thousand just years. Just sitting in a storeroom somewhere. But, oh, it's here all along. You know, you got to have an obstacle, so why not have some Nazis in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> they have uh friends and foes, people who are um trying to get uh, a hold of the grail for their for their own purposes the nazis who of course are just trying to take over the world and dominate and are so they're in the mix and then you also have a um kind of a bizarre little obscure group who are trying to protect the the grail and, and keep it keep it hidden keep it safe they go all over all over europe they're in italy and germany and austria and eventually in actually where is the where is the Alexandretta? I know which where I is don't Alexandretta? know. Like, what country are we supposed to be in? Are we supposed to be Jordan? Jordan? Oh, is it oh, Jordan? Okay, oh, yeah. you know, because I couldn't even remember. I'm like, where did they say they ended up? I want to say, yeah, because I, I think they filmed. Well, because they filmed it's, it's in Jordan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's filmed in Jordan, but I wasn't sure yeah, what, where they, they were claiming they were. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: They don't get nobody gets to keep the Grail. Just what? Want to put that out there. <laughs> Indiana Jones isn't going to live forever. <laughs> just in our minds and in our hearts <laughs> <laughs> so mom why did you choose this particular movie out of any of the millions of movies out there well um it was one of the ones that i never saw i mean i saw the first two and i remembered liking them and um even the second one 
And I've always loved Harrison Ford. And Sean Connery is a favorite of mine from way back. So for me not to have seen that movie was kind of odd. And I know that I had seen it at home at least a couple of times. So it's kind of surprising to me that you hadn't seen this one, especially since you'd really? seen the first you saw it here. I mean, I've seen the movie probably four or five times. I don't know what you could have possibly been busy with in the late 80s that would have kept you from seeing this film. It's not like you were like raising children or anything. <laughs> no, I wasn't doing that. I think it was more like sleepover fare, you know. Oh, like it could have been. But anyway, yeah, it was kind of surprising. So I was glad to be able to revisit this one with you. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, and I love this movie. I've seen it you know, a decent handful of times. But it's one of those that I've like, I know I've seen it multiple times, but maybe not in its entirety in the multiples. Mm. Like I've seen it all the way through for sure, at least once or twice. But then oftentimes just catch it in snippets like, I don't know, on television back in the day when I still had cable, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so it was it was good. It was thank you for uh, providing opportunity to rewatch it from top to bottom. Also think it was one of the first times as an adult, like seeing it and being like, oh, I get all of the plot points now. Because I think the uh, the group <laughs> that were like protecting the the grail always confused me as a kid. I'm like, who are these people and why are they even involved? Like, <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. There was little things too, like weird reversal of fortune things like, what do you, so they're at the temple with the Holy Grail and then they get caught by the Nazis, but then later they get to jump on the Nazis. I'm like, it's just kind of weird that it just happened. It's like <laughs> the Nazis were distracted and they came back and then grabbed guns. And yeah, then... <laughs> it was like no big deal. They were all distracted by the fact that Sean Connery was miraculously healed. I suppose so. I was too. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually read a little little snippet about that, that they uh, totally like packed his fake wound with baking soda and literally <laughs> did like the volcano experiment from like elementary school of like pouring like vinegar wow. or whatever on it. So that's why it like foamed and like wiped away. And it was, that really tickled me. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like... <laughs> It's like Som- every child. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to think too hard for practical effects. Just <laughs> exactly. Simple is sometimes good. It's not that elaborate. Well, they spent all their money on the tank, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out with this flashback mm-hmm. sequence. So Which it's- is really, I want to just really underscore how awesome it is to see a young River Phoenix playing Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. It mm-hmm. was great. I-, I was surprised that how well he did his facial expressions to try to imitate Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, just like the brow furrowing and like the specific way he delivered lines. He actually did a really good job of just yeah, no, it was, getting into character. Yeah, he did. He's yeah. very, very talented. Yeah, but the, the I, whole flashback scene was really fun. And I had forgotten too that it was, you were supposed to not know that that was Indy oh, initially. Mm-hmm. That it, you're supposed to think it's the guy who was stealing the treasure. I totally had forgotten that. Yeah, I just thought it was a foregone conclusion every time I watched the movie. It was like, oh yeah, Indiana Jones is the kid and mm-hmm. to start off. But I guess there was supposed to be this sort of uh, surprise, surprise moment where the guy turns around and it's, oh, it's not. It's not <laughs> it's Indiana. Not Indy. That's not Harrison Ford. Are they trying to swap <laughs> out actors and have me not notice? <laughs> <laughs> did that surprise you at all, Mom? Or were you? did you know how that was going to start off? Yes, it did. No, I, I had no idea anything about this movie at all. So um, when the guy downstairs or in the cave turned around, I was kind I was, is it Indy? Is it not Indy? I don't know. And uh, then when he did, it's like, nope, nope, nope. So, um, <laughs> you know, that would have been a time problem. You know, how would you have had 
the old Indy and the young Indy, because I already already knew that River Phoenix was the old, you know, the younger Indy. So, oh, okay. I, I I liked the flashback sequence. I mean, they're that was fun, and I liked that. Um, if you are going to have this film be a quest, really not so much to get the Grail, but as to bring together a father and son <laughs> <laughs> to start off uh. in the beginning with a little bit, like a little snippet of what his youth was like, yeah, and the fact that he was really ignored by his father. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, and on the train, are we going to talk about the train a little bit? Oh sure. yeah, yeah. All the animals on the train. Okay. Well, you know the snakes. Ugh. That was a really big scene because was that not something in the prior movie where he was just horrified of snakes? Exactly. Or he had yeah. Yeah. Drop down. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of really interesting to me that uh, they'd have the snakes. No, yeah. I loved. Yeah, I like the snakes still like watching. River Phoenix fall into that, I still like kind of, I kind of flinch a little. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, I know the ones that he fell in were probably majority rubber snakes, and maybe they put a couple live ones on top for movement, but it still grosses <laughs> me out. It doesn't matter. And I love the wink, the little wink of having him um, flick the uh, the whip and catch his chin to explain the scar that's yes. on Harrison's fortune <laughs> that he's always had. But I love the little like nod to like, oh, that's how he got it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene felt yeah it, it was fun it was playful but at the same time it was i couldn't help but think it was just spielberg or was that spielberg or was that well Lucas, the flashback the flashback was actually added by the last of the many many writers who worked on it he decided to make it more father-son focused and so he decided to lead with the flashback i think because it almost seemed like sort of a well all the fans are interested into the Indy's past and how all of like this origin story and how all of these things happened. We'll just make one scene where all of <laughs> all of these things are explained at one time and just get it over with, right? It's like, oh, yeah. here's the whip, here's the snakes, here's the hat. There you go. Now let's move on. <laughs> I like, I love the hat handoff though. It's yeah, I like fun. that too. But also, speaking of surprises, was it a surprise that Sean Connery was in the film? Well, it, it says that. that Lucas wrote it specifically with him in mind. Like, he wanted okay. him, like, once they decided that he was going to be, that they were going to include a father figure, whatever, that they really wanted Sean Connery to be the father figure. And uh, that Sean Connery, at first, was really not interested, because apparently he's only 12 years older than Harrison Ford. Really? And so he was, like, like oh, upset really? by it, which totally <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, really? Yeah. Only 12 years yeah. older than him? But there was that, they had the scene at the beginning where, sorry, the scene at the beginning where they don't show Sean Connery's face made it kind of seem like, oh, we're not supposed to know who this is. And it's a big reveal later when we see it's Sean Connery. But maybe that was just them trying to uh, save on having to do de-aging I have, <laughs> I, have a, I have a quick correction. I oh. misspoke. It was Spielberg's idea to do to do the father and not not Lucas's. My oh, yeah. It was Spielberg's idea to add a father. That's, that's, very, that's very Spielberg. Um, and that looking up details about this, again, with this being the third movie of, of the trilogy, that um, Spielberg in particular felt like they needed they needed to make this third film because the second one had been so poorly received. And so they're like, okay, we want to bring back a little bit more of the, the levity and the fun of the first one in, into this one. Uh, Lucas started writing it, and they went through, um, I don't know, at least three or four different co-writers to like, and it wildly changed um, in terms of what it was going to, what it was going to be about. The title of it was going to be Indiana Jones and the Monkey King, and the story saw Indiana battling a ghost in Scotland before finding the Fountain of Youth in Africa. I'm like, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> so that, that's where it started. Uh, Chris Columbus, who worked with Spielberg on like the Goonies and the Gremlins and that kind of stuff, he came, comes in the mix and he changes the main plot to be something about um, the Garden of Immortal Peaches. <laughs> so I, I assume like finding like an Whoa. Eden, like an Eden-like place. I have no idea. Uh, again, in Scotland. I'm not really sure why everything's in Scotland. And let's see. Yeah, there were just some really bizarre things that kept they kept writing in here until until they brought in um actually i'm not sure how to pronounce his name um meno mehes uh and he worked with spielberg on the color purple and the empire of the sun and so he started writing some stuff and this one was um did include some you know include venice and included istanbul and included uh petra uh so it, it got closer and then oh yeah now now nazis are the villains um but this one is uh the grail <laughs> with the way it kills people as it explodes <laughs> 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 so anyways i just i just was just like reading these different things and just kind of cracking up about all the different <laughs> the different rewrites um and so then eventually spielberg suggested um writer jeffrey boehm uh, and he officially is like the co-writer with lucas or he's credited as the co-writer with lucas um and ends up writing the stuff that's what you actually see in the film <laughs> um though it was adapted here and there apparently by um sean connery had quite a few like ad-libbed like funnier lines like his oh. character wasn't quite as funny hmm. um and so one of the biggest ones they said he contributed is that um obviously there's like a big reveal when you find out that both indiana and his father have slept with the beautiful blonde doctor <laughs> and so when when sean connery quips uh that she talks in her sleep that was completely ad-libbed no that was so not part of the script and they <laughs> apparently cracked everybody up so they decided to keep it <laughs> so those scripts sound silly but i think Indiana Jones scripts in general kind of sound silly and are kind of all over the place. It's a lot about globe hopping. So, Mom, uh, you had seen the first two movies. Did you remember much about them going into this? Um, I remembered the first one pretty well, at least the part that I really enjoyed it. Um, and the the tail end with all the spirits or whatever coming out of the arc. I mean, it was very, very cool. Um, but the second one, about all I can remember is reaching into somebody and pulling out their heart. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> so that, that stuck with me for a while. <laughs> yeah. For, I remember as a kid seeing that one and being really creeped out. One of them, and maybe it's the woman has to reach into something that's like a ton of like creepy insects to get something. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? And I remember just being, wow. oh my gosh, like, yeah, being like up to your elbow and disgusting bugs, like I'll pass. Yeah, I think that's the problem yeah. with Temple of Doom is when you think back and remember about it. I mean, it's like, monkey yeah, you remember the monkey brains, yep, really the negative. reaching in and yeah. taking out somebody's heart. <laughs> yes. Whereas this one, you remember Sean Connery, you remember it's the funny. Grail. I guess you it's remember the, the, the Grail. Like, that was kind of fun. It was great. I love that, you know, you know, you still have the, the third knight uh, alive and with his, like, sunken cheeks and, you know, I don't know. He's oh, awesome. Yeah. I love that he lifts his sword and, like, tips over. <laughs> Now, who was he supposed to be? He was the so, third knight. So, yeah, the the three brothers, like in the beginning of the Crusades, who set off to like find the Grail and protect it, and so they found it, and then two of them went to ride back. Yeah, to I Europe, think and to one France of them died, and one them, of them made yeah. it, and then yeah, he was the remaining one, and so he just hung out there and drank from the cup and lived this whole time. Yeah, so these are things that mm. we picked up because. We were probably have seen this movie so many times. They're like, okay, we can actually pay attention. But I didn't remember half of this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit. Well, I got confused just because I've I've read a lot about the Arthurian legends. And um, it's like 
is one of these guys supposed to be Galahad? I oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, that totally makes uh, sense. No. Okay. Yeah, no, they're just making up their own legends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just blatantly. Supposedly, yeah, yeah, yeah it happened well, during was, one of the Crusades. Close. Yeah, It was yeah. close. <laughs> but yeah, they go through all that story. It's not terribly important, right? It's just Indy's going to these different locations and finding these different artifacts and Clues, has an adventure, yeah. right? So it's it didn't matter finding, that the first... It's all about finding that city, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can, you know, kind of talk about how did how did Indy even get involved in this? Because, right, you just see him. He's a I love the the juxtaposition they they play with him where they have him as like a tweety professor with like a bow tie. And then like when he's like action cool guy, Indiana, then he has his leather jacket and his like whip <laughs> at his hip and his like hat cut to him after he's reclaimed that cross that, you know, oh, I'm just teaching. Like, check me out, I'm just teaching, and it's in the 30s and whatever. And then he gets sucked in. I was going to say, all the movies did portray him as a professor. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that definitely did come up in the other ones. And this one was kind of funny that they just, they brought it up. They had all the female students trying mm-hmm. to <laughs> rip down yes. his door. Cl- clamoring. I just I just like it because it, it's a little, it feels like a little bit of a wink to like a um, Clark Kent Superman-ish type thing because he has like you know Tweety jackets with elbow pads and he wears his glasses oh, when he's yeah. teaching. But when he's in Indiana, he's not wearing glasses. <laughs> and you that? know what I'm saying? He never wears them. <laughs> he's totally fine. The original hipster with his non-prescription glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it is it is sweet leather jacket. And I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like they just have him like. And now let me dispose of my Tweety. I don't know suit and like ta da! I'm awesome now. The next piece of the puzzle, right, is that. He gets approached by some random wealthy artifact collector. I mean, so you have this introduction to this guy, um, Donovan is his last name. Well, he turns out to be a bad guy, but you don't know that in the beginning. He just seems like some arbitrary wealthy artifact collector who seems really interested in the grail and uh, had already hired, I guess. I don't really know if he yeah, hired Indy's he dad. hired Indy's dad, I think maybe. So he knows that the woman is a Nazi. So he must have discovered that. Yes. And then she must have known that he discovered that, at which point they kidnapped him. I don't know. It's kind of a little unclear. That's true. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if it was that he was helping them, figured out they were bad, and so he shipped his diary away, and they were like, well, now we need to get his, you know, get somebody else involved in order to get that information i have no idea right yeah because yeah, it's a little he was, unclear, he essentially useless without yeah. his diary right right because <laughs> he can't remember anything exactly <laughs> that's why he wrote it down in the diary <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah anyway he he disappears and he goes to venice to to track him down and you get this fun church slash library scene where they're trying to decode the stained glass mm-hmm. the window message in the window in the journal and i still don't understand you still don't understand which part. What, what? So, okay, there's Roman numerals on the glass, mm-hmm. and there's Roman numerals on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I, the I pillars. Mm-hmm. Sure. How does... What? <laughs> I don't know why, and I don't know why it's only three, seven, and ten. That was right. something that always bothered me, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's incomplete. <laughs> My dad drew a picture of the window, and here's the window, and there's numbers on the window, and there's numbers around us, so let's just dig into the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and and I I did think that because you know they just step in. He's so confident that he's right. That he's willing to like bust a hole in the floor, like oh, just right. right away. And I'm like, dude, you that, could just be that was strange. Yes. Yeah, you could just be like busting up some like priceless. <laughs> right, as an archaeologist, I know that's not you know archaeology per se, but still, 
yeah. you'd have appreciation for the value of the floor. Nope. <laughs> there's no time. I must bash it in. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I think a lot of his behavior can be explained by the fact that he doesn't really think through his actions. I mean, he's smart mm-hmm. and he's, he's But he's crafty. very much shoot from the hip. Right, but he's not willing to wait any amount of time to get to, to his solution. So No. I, it was really bizarre immediately right after that, too, where he's like, oh, it's petroleum in the water. And he's like, let me light a torch. Yes, <laughs> that like, was Maybe odd. I'll go back and get a flashlight or something, right? Or something else, anything else. <laughs> no. So I have, a, I have a question. Did you guys think that the blonde was, like, questionable? Like, did you think she was going to be potentially bad when she was brought into the mix? Because she meets him uh, and, and Brody, yeah. like, right away. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't trust her just because they, she met them at the, the gondola or the boat or whatever mm-hmm. uh, when they got off. And there was just something that was like a red flag. I'm not quite sure what it was. Maybe it was because she was just beautiful and waiting for them. You know, it's almost, oh, like, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a plant, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. She had the accent and then. Well, clearly, yeah. I mean, it's 1938 and she has like a German, Austrian-ish accent. So clearly. <laughs> and she's blonde. No, just That's kidding. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm trying to remember because I know that I was probably like 12 or something like that the first time I saw this. So I'm trying to remember if I suspected her of being bad then. I don't know that I did at the time. She yeah. was certainly like willing to do to like. I mean, once they climb down there and they're like waist deep in this petroleum water mix and there's rats and bleh, like whatever, <laughs> like she was really committed. Oh, yeah. You know, they yeah. both just wade in like it's no big deal. Yeah. Well, you'd have to be committed if you were down in a tunnel like that or a sewer. I mean, oh, it was yeah. just, I mean, you want to get out, right? <laughs> yeah. I also read that they bred a thousand disease free rats into 5,000 rats for these shots. <laughs> for these for the wow. for, to tape yeah. this and i was like ew that's a lot of rats <laughs> i wonder how many times they got bitten i mean wouldn't they have had to have gotten bitten you'd i think mean so. even yeah that's rats, why you want them stepping on them and yeah you'd have oh yeah there was so. that scene where he kind of steps on the rat i mean the rat gets away but it's like yeah i mean yeah. with that many well of course i mean the second that he says that there's petroleum there's clearly going to be a fire yeah like that's just going to happen <laughs> So, I mean, obviously, you know, Steven Spielberg um, at this point in time is known for his his action films. You know, you have Jaws and the previous Indiana Jones movies, Indiana Jones movies leading up to this, et cetera. So what did you think in terms of like action sequences? Because like, I thought the boat scene was kind I, of fun. I liked all the action sequences, but I wasn't looking at it to try to explain anything or understand anything i was just sort of accepting it as it unfolded on the screen so some of the questions you know are i think those are on second and third watching maybe of a, of a movie mm-hmm. um first time through i'm just willing to accept it pretty much hook line and sinker you know this is one of those movies too where yeah we're getting a little bit in the weeds here but i think it's one of those movies you're not supposed to care oh, <laughs> about yeah, those no, sorts of things too like, it's fun along, with yeah. you know a movie that's been around so long that people love so much to talk about those things but yeah i think if you were to ask george lucas or steven spielberg they'd be like i don't know dude (laughs) (laughs) just watch the movie and i think from my first one or two viewings of this movie too i'm sure i was like well we're having fun that's all that really matters no i it was just this viewing that i started to like pick up little more things but i don't know i really liked i really i thought the the boat sequence was pretty sweet i like that one and i think of the indiana jones movies that's one of my more favorite action sequences oh yeah 
I always forget the boat sequences is there. Yeah, but the uh, and the propeller. Yeah, I think that's honestly what it is. Uh. It's like they're being shot at, and they go between the two big ships and the propeller, and those are the parts that like stuck with me. As I remember them shooting uh, through the through those boats. Oh yeah, and the boats, the boats being pushed together. Yeah, and like and blowing that one up. Oh, (laughs) there are a lot of things exploding in this movie that. I guess could potentially explode, but in general might not explode. Meh. Yeah, I get another action trope then. <laughs> we can easily forgive. <laughs> there was a lot of violence in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Not that, I mean, I guess it's okay when it's the bad guys mostly that are getting getting wiped out, you know. But, you know, if it was playing today, I keep wondering if it would, you know, like in a theater, if people would be trying to shield their children from it, you know, or something, because Maybe. there were just there was just so much killing, so much mayhem and explosions and and shooting and you know, like ah, <laughs> you know? yeah. The thing that surprised me this time, I guess I'd never noticed, is there's the scene where Indy's on the tank and he shoots one bullet through three separate yes. people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and <laughs> like, they oh, fall yeah, like kind of interleaved, like like a fan, like <laughs> very comedic effect. Oh, hugely <laughs> comedic, and it's like, and it was, I believe it was with a Luger. Like oh. it wasn't his gun; it was like one of theirs, and he was like, "Oh, holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pretty much all of those Nazis in the tank and <laughs> surrounding vehicles die in that scene. Uh, they and they this time, I think I, I definitely felt it more, or reacted more to uh, the number of people that get run over by the tank, and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah. gosh, being crushed to death!" Ah, and I like yes. could cringe. <laughs> And the horse still beat it, you know, that was, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could still run circles around the tank. I thought that was great. So <laughs> apparently the tank was made like for the movie. It's not a real, whatever, oh, it was just yeah. built for it. Huh. Um, and it couldn't go very fast. And so they said I actually had a really hard time doing the scenes with the horse because the horse could go way faster than the tank. So, <laughs> so they had to like try to make it look like at least it was like work for like, them to like pass the tank, which I thought was kind of funny. It could only go like seven miles an hour or something like that. <laughs> it was very realistic. It was a cool, you know. Yeah. I guess I was thinking, okay, so there's the boat chasing scene and there's the motorbike, motor, no, motor, yep, motorcycle, uh, motorcycle chase. chasing scene with the sidecar, which is just funny. And uh, um, there's biplanes and, yep. I don't know, you have a Zeppelin for Pete's sake. It's like I mean, everything you can think of. Yeah, yeah, it's like, let's just put everything in this. There's train. I mean, there's a train, I mean, and a yeah, tank. What I mean, what other modes of transportation <laughs> aren't used, honestly? <laughs> I mean, you once you hit Zeppelin, I think you've tapped out. <laughs> I kept thinking, are they on the... Hindenburg? Yeah. Are they on the Hindenburg? Are they going back? You know, what's, what's going to happen here? But then to get onto the plane... That seemed really unusual because I noticed when the Zeppelin was taking off, the plane was sort of hanging from the bottom. And I thought, did they normally do that in Zeppelins? You know, I don't know. Maybe. I I I mean, I can imagine using that for maybe protection purposes. Like you could have a dogfighter. I did find it funny that they had a machine gun on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, really? (laughs) That's necessary? Okay. I guess we're supposed to think that they've come to some sort of accord. The two of them as father and Mm -hmm. son. But there was a scene earlier in the Zeppelin where I forgot about that scene where Indy was trying to have a heart to heart with them. And he basically (laughs) just shut it down. You just shut it down. Right. Yeah. Well, he just doesn't get it. He thinks he genuinely thinks he was a good father. Oh, 
But yeah, I guess yeah, I guess there's a lot of stuff there. He's like, yeah, we don't, you don't need to grab the cup. I understand now that you're the Holy Grail for me. Is <laughs> my own son. <laughs> That's some pretty heavy-handed subtext, but yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I guess I guess I kind of thought you you have them estranged. You hear that like in that conversation you're talking about, Charlie. Um, Indiana Jones says that, you know, we've barely talked for the last 20 years. So you definitely get this context that his mother died when he was young. His father and him, you know, have not been close. And then obviously they get through quite a few scrapes together throughout this entire thing. But I felt like the turning point, and I'm making little air quotes, uh, turning point was supposed to be when the tank goes over and everybody thinks that Indy was on it. Oh, I mean, right. technically yes. was, but that he's died. I agree. Yes. Uh, and he... Uh manages to come up they don't see him another sort of comedic way of <laughs> out that he, he didn't go over the edge but when he's dangling down there and they think he's dead i mean that's when sean connery says i never told him and so it's like ah okay <laughs> i i love that it's all of them standing looking over the side and to have like like you said it's hilarious to have kirsten for kind of like walk up all bedraggled behind them just like breathing heavily and like looking over the side and like shaking his head and you just see him like turn and look at him oh <laughs> i guess you're not dead <laughs> and then the and then immediately afterwards just fall down in exhaustion like no let's go exactly <laughs> like yeah that was a pretty long tank sequence wasn't it it was it was a long tank sequence you know when that tanks i looked at the time when that tank sequence started it's significant i, I bet yeah. it was at least like 12 wow. 13 minutes long just that one scene yeah well, and I mean, obviously, everybody's a terrible shot. Um, so nobody, nobody hits anybody. Everybody's safe from from all the explosions mm-hmm. and and bullets and everything. Um, I was also I don't remember as a kid or asking my dad if sticking a rock in uh, one of those guns would actually oh, do yeah. that. And he said he thought he said he thinks it would. Really? Yeah, only because um, you know it's it's live ammo and it will explode and it has to get out of there beforehand. And so even if it like this rock, you know. It's not like the rock was so stuck it was not impossible for it to get out. But even if it just like delays it, it could explode oh. it. Oh, that's good context because I was a little bit like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cartoony. Well, this is also coming from my father. So you can take a grain of salt. It's not like he's like a... Like, well, that explains it like for an, me. That's like an ammo enough. expert or anything. It's just like, I remember asking that question as a junior high age kid or something like that and having him be like, no, let me tell you why. And I'm like, sure. Like, <laughs> that sounds believable. Thanks, dad. Sarah, I mean, obviously it was comedic, but anything to the whole fact that uh, Sean Connery also uh, had a little fling with with Elsa, oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, but he figured out that that she was a oh, Nazi, whereas right. Harrison Ford didn't, you know, or yeah. whatever that Indy didn't. Another one of those tropes where Sean Connery could have just said, "Oh, I know that she's a Nazi because of X, Y, and Z," instead of saying, "Like, no, don't trust her." Mm-hmm. I know she, you shouldn't be trusting her. <laughs> That'd be a little bit more explicit here, I think. Exactly. When you're being held at gunpoint and a lot of things are at stake, you can be more specific. <laughs> I don't know. Were there any particular plot points that you thought were like more ridiculous than others? I mean, obviously, like you said, you're just kind of like watching it unfold because it's the first time you're seeing it. But like anything you like shook your head at? <laughs> well, I mostly the whole movie. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like going back in time to watch the movie because that isn't the way they necessarily do them now. And I'm not sure that this one would have held up as a new movie now just because of the special effects and whatever. It, it, they were pretty good for the time, but we've come so far. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Indiana never really 
well, none of the characters ever really went down deep. I mean, and I, I know that that was part of the whole movie that they wanted to keep it light and airy and whatever, but that always kind of bothered me a little bit. It's like, how come we can't get down just a little further? And, and it wouldn't ruin the movie to just, you know, have some, um, oh, a little more conversation that was a little deeper than just, uh, okay, son, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little one-liners yeah. kind of things. That's definitely, you're right. That's something they definitely do a lot more now than they used to. About if I, Yeah, if I had seen it back then, I think I would have bought it hook, line, and sinker. It would have been on the surface. But there's so many, so many movies now that deal with a lot of the same themes and whatever that seem to take it a little further, you know, and um, they're still fun movies but i just never felt that it rang true but that's just me you know it's like the the relationships weren't quite there they weren't quite developed enough for me it felt like the appropriate amount of depth for a summer blockbuster type movie where you know but that's but i agree with you it's it's not very deep i mean everything is you know kind of done away with with a quick joke one of my favorites being like one of the last lines of the movie when he calls him junior and he gets mad again and he's like i prefer indiana and he's like we named the dog indiana (laughs) and like ha 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 like where it's like actually this depth thing was like dad i don't want you to call me junior like this means something to me and it's immediately like a punchline but it's a great punchline (laughs) It is. It is. That was a great one. He does yeah. call him Indiana the one time. The one time. When he's reaching attention. down to pick him up. Yeah. So that's, All calm and yeah. serene. That's sweet, too. Yeah. That's that's our character development in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about the most we get. I actually really like that sequence, though. I like the, the in quick succession, him holding onto her hand and her being obsessed <laughs> with, with getting it. And she falls, of course. And then he, you know, the rocks crumble. And now he's in the exact same position. And he's even closer because obviously his arms are a little longer. And so he can even get a finger on it. And his dad's like, no, just let it go, son. <laughs> that was really funny. I I did not remember that. Oh, you didn't? It <laughs> yeah, was so cheesy. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. But yeah, I, that's I you're right. It was Spielberg kind of going back to the Raiders again and just saying mm-hmm. we're going to have action set piece, some comedy, some more exposition, some another Nazis. action set piece, yeah. It's just like one like constantly going from one thing to the other, no stopping. Oh, yeah, no, there's little, never like, any stopping. Yeah. Some comedic relief in between. <laughs> yeah. I feel like watching it this time, um, and maybe this is weird, but watching it this time, even though the plots are different, I felt like it was much more of a similar experience to watching The Goonies for me. Oh, yeah? I mean, I, I mean, they're, yeah. they're both okay. Spielberg Spielberg films, but just, I don't know, there were just definitely aspects, you know, you're trying to find a treasure, and I don't know, it just felt more Goonies-like to oh, me this yeah, time around. Yeah, the booby traps at the end, too, yeah. 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 For whatever reason, it just kind of felt like that to me. <laughs> the aside about the booby traps... Um, could you think of anyone but Ted at the moment when <laughs> when he was going through the the booby traps talking about the penitent man well, will so pass? So <laughs> actually, Carl says that a lot. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, like even at work, <laughs> be like only 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 the penitent man will pass. And so I've heard that actually quite a bit uh, recently, even. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, those are the greatest. And one um, when I worked with our friend Dave, uh, Dave would always be like. But Jehovah begins with an I. Like that was a totally common work, workplace uh, workplace utterance. That was definitely the worst of the the three traps. Oh because, really? Well, you know why? Why? Take anything and just start busting down all the tiles that don't work. <laughs> Once you know that the first one is like a pit, right? Yeah, I suppose you're. That's right. the one that I could have figured out. I couldn't have figured out the so, other two. I would I would have got my head cut off right at the right at the beginning. <laughs> However. The second one, I think I would have been reasonably well equipped. 
I suppose. I suppose you could. What bothers me about it, and you can totally make fun of me for this, this is clearly thinking too hard, (laughs) clearly, is that it's like, oh, it's the name of God or whatever. Fine. There's a lot of names for God. (laughs) There's a lot of names (laughs) for God, and you could do it in Hebrew, and you could do it in Latin, and you could do it in, like, all the, you know, all these different things. So he's like, Jehovah. And I'm like, sure. And of course, it would be in the Latin (laughs) alphabet. Like, it couldn't have been Yahweh or any of these other Mm -hmm. names. Nope. We're going with throughout. Yeah. Actually, I've forgotten. One thing I had read was that initially, they were going to have like a spiders or something fall down when he stepped on the wrong thing rather than actually yeah Yeah. falling down underneath or something like that i don't know so maybe that explains it but i don't know spielberg came up with the three things i something i read that it was like his idea i remember as a kid thinking that the the leap from the lion's head was scary that's freaky i think that was the worst out of all of them what did did you think about those three traps mom well the third trap was the one that sort of interested me. And I think it's because I've seen enough movies lately that, um, especially since we went to see The the uh, Last Jedi and also the one before that that uh, had um, the girl in it, uh, what is that? Daisy Ridley, Ray. Yeah, with Ray. But, you know, when Harrison Ford's going out on the, the very high bridge to oh, yeah. um, have the confrontation with Kylo Ren, and I kept thinking... This reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. I and it's only because that. I saw the end. You know, I saw I saw the movie. Before, you know, the uh, Jedi movie before I saw um, this movie. But it just seemed like there were a lot of conventions that show up in later movies that I could see when I it was watching Crusades. So, oh, definitely, I hadn't picked up on that. But yeah, those seem, scenes are are somewhat similar. Yeah. And definitely and i liked uh, okay so again i just things i'm thinking as a tr- <laughs> as an adult now watching this so he crawls through you know he finally makes it to the the cavern with the, where the the last night is and there's all of the the cups around and i have to think okay so if the dude is drinking water every day and that's how he's still alive it's going to be the one that's been touched every day for 700 years <laughs> maybe <laughs> whereas all the other ones haven't been <laughs> Maybe he dusts every day. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was like. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Maybe like that he has all this time on his hands. Like, I guess that's all he's doing is dusting Just rearranging cups. <laughs> rearranging cups and dusting. I was thinking, I was thinking about that, too. It's like, where would I put the cup if I wanted to trick somebody? <laughs> would I put it all the sort of like in um, Princess Bride or whatever? Like, would I put it all the way to the left or would Clearly, I put it all the way I to the right? choose the wine in front of me. Yeah. Or would I put it like behind something so that it was hidden? <laughs> Like tricked you exactly, <laughs> and, and, and they they show him too. Like he's sitting there reading when he comes in, and I'm like, does he just have that one book? Has he read that like every day for 700 <laughs> years? You know when he's not dusting. Wow. Like I just this is the stuff I was thinking now again because I've seen it so many times, and it and it, and it cracked me up. That's all. <laughs> and I was joking with Kara about like so the knight comes out at the very end when the whole thing is crumbling mm-hmm. and just kind of looks at them and waves, and I was like, that guy must be like super pissed right now he's like all right well you finally got here you picked the right cup and you did the one thing i told you not to do which is take it back across the seal and now the whole thing's coming down on me (laughs) or maybe he was like thank goodness i finally get to probably it's like yeah i didn't think this is how it's gonna go down but it's finally done (laughs) i just i don't know i think he and sean connery were supposed to have like a moment being able to see you know like make eye contact yeah, and I love that he's just like full like night gear. Like he's wearing chainmail. Like just oh yeah, you know, for seven hundred years. 
<laughs> How is he? Was he doing his laundry in the uh, basin? <laughs> this is my. It's just stunning. Like he's just he's totally fine. He's just I don't know. The drinking from the cup of Christ apparently restores everything that touches you too. Like mm. everything stays yeah. young. Yeah. So then he must have gotten there old, right? He must oh, have been really old when he I got don't there. No, it's weird. I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah. It's like time travel. You know, it's just one of those things that movies are like, just accept it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry too much. <laughs> don't think too hard about this. <laughs> so I remember, at least for me, like growing up, like one of the best parts, obviously, is the, the guy taking the drink um, from the wrong cup mm-hmm. and dying horribly. <laughs> and then Indy taking the drink from the correct cup. So I guess I was kind of curious what, what your take was on that. Like, did you find it funny? Like, did, did did the guy dying in the really, like, creepy, whatever, sucking the life out of him away, like, freak you out? I, it didn't freak me out, but I was wondering about the, um, just the special effects for it, because it seemed, you know, really graphic in a lot of ways. And um, in terms of Indiana, I mean, you know, you knew that he would pick the right chalice. So there, you know. <laughs> he wasn't going right. to die. There wasn't any. <laughs> No, no. So, I mean, you knew that that was it. So you chose wisely. I, mm-hmm. you know. So you weren't too surprised, like, oh, you, did he got I, it right? No, I was not surprised at all. Uh, and again, it's probably because of reading all those Arthurian legends and things, knowing more about what they thought the, the chalice might be and who was allowed to see it and, you know, those kinds of things. So um, it, was ob- it was fairly obvious to me that that was one of the ones that could have been correct. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting this time around watching it. I don't know that I'd picked up before that she, um, that Elsa intentionally picks one that's incorrect for the guy. Oh, and yeah. And I don't think I'd picked up on that in, yes. in in initial viewings. So I guess let's talk about Elsa as a character a little bit. I guess, so she is really passionate about archaeology, mm-hmm. right? And history. Mm-hmm. So I guess she's basically like a foil to Indy in that she's does all this stuff and is just as passionate about it, but does it in a way that's she's very comfortable with whatever means to the end right is the way i took it yeah because i think we were supposed to and this is a question i think we were supposed to learn something about her at the book burning scene yeah she was upset about it very upset about it yeah yes like she was still in cahoots with the with the guy um donovan or whatever his name was i think until he shot sean connery because she was clearly very upset by that. And maybe right. that was the last straw. And she's yeah, like, maybe. fine, I'm giving you this golden cup and you're going <laughs> to die. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's been established enough that she probably would have chosen the correct one. Like if well, it was, she had really dead, wanted to. Yeah. She's like, it will not be made of gold. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I and that's what this. And so this viewing was the first time I was really like, oh, you totally did that on purpose. Like I did mm. not pick up on that yeah. previously. So I guess she was a little bit more interesting my character in retrospect besides just the oh, yeah, of course she's more she interesting than say like a bond girl you know who's yeah clearly just yeah, in there to be true. pretty like she had a little bit of something yeah interesting which is probably a response to temple of doom and everyone's least favorite character of any movie ever <laughs> <laughs> was the female lead in that one but i just remember that people talk mostly about her i think when not <laughs> why the reasons why they didn't like that movie and not the kid <laughs> Well, <laughs> I guess there's a, a yeah. lot of reasons to hate on uh, Temple of Doom, which we're, that's not Dr. what we're here Jones, today to do. Dr. Jones. So when Indy is talking to Elsa and he's like, I wouldn't do horrible things in order to get artifacts. Like, where do we really learn about Indy's like moral compass, really? He's very devoted to finding the thing he's finding, but... He's totally comfortable killing people. Yeah, he'll kill all sorts of yeah. people. 
Yeah, to get what he's going for. But I guess specifically Nazis. <laughs> it's yeah, the Nazis, line he won't cross. And, and, but, and I also think it's funny given the, I mean, these were made in the 80s. You know, Nazis are a very easy enemy to go with because no one's going to be upset at you. You're not, they're not going to raise right. any moral flags about you yeah. killing Nazis. So it makes it real black and white. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so, as Mom, you were mentioning a little bit earlier, um, I thought overall all of the practical stuff was very good. Like all of the practical effects where they're actually, you know, we're going to make this tank and we're going to have this action sequence and we're going to have this blow up and, you know, all the boat chase sequences and the stuff in the castle and the fires. I thought that was great. The stuff that stood out a little bit to me this time was the blue screen stuff. Yep. So like the tank falling yes. <laughs> down so you could kind of see around the edges. And I understand at the time. I don't think people do, had yeah. as much problem with it. But I think that's the only thing for me that doesn't really hold up. They did a r- pretty good job with the effects. It's just, you're going to have to forgive me for this. I happen to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this morning. Oh, okay. And those effects compared to the ones for <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And same with uh, uh, The Last Jedi. I mean, it's like, it was just very difficult for me to not see it in comparison to those other movies. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh. That's always the challenge when going back and trying to watch something from almost 30 years ago. Oh, my god! <laughs> I just gosh. want to point that out. That's true. <laughs> so how old were you when this movie came out? Uh, I would have been seven, yeah, depending on what time okay. of year. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I want to say definitely on tape or I on television. I don't think we would have purposely taken you to this <laughs> I hope in not, the yeah. theater at that point. <laughs> But we probably wouldn't have stopped you from going if somebody else took it. Oh. <laughs> I like the honesty. <laughs> well, and I think about that, too, because you had said, like, would people be shielding their kids from this? And I was trying to decide how old I probably was when I saw it. And I probably was, I don't know, 10, 12. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Maybe not when it first came out, but probably not too far, you know, too many years later. Yeah. I, I tend to think we shield our children too much from a lot of things. And probably if I had seen this and thought, oh, okay, I guess it's cartoon violence, they can go. You know, that's probably mm-hmm. right. how I would yeah. have reacted to it. But yeah. uh, didn't have to cross that bridge. <laughs> it turns out, yeah. <laughs> I felt like the the effects were pretty good. I, I I feel this way, too, about even with the original Star Wars trilogy, is that the effects, um, I had a lot of respect for how much they did by actually building it. <laughs> And actually uh, shooting everything, whereas uh, now we're just like, oh, whatever, we'll just computerize it. And so, I I, I don't know, even even if you can tell that something isn't quite, like the guy dying at the end was clearly like a mix of the actual actor and makeup and then transitioning to this like weird skeleton and like whatever. And I don't know how they they did that so it looked seamless. And it does look, you know, fakey or whatever. But I was like, that's cool because they would totally just computerize that now and there wouldn't be any of that. Like there were some pretty sweet physical artistic skills being used Mm -hmm. utilized to make that happen very true well one thing that i you know again just because i've seen these three movies so recently but um one of the things that stood out for me was sean connery as a father figure and then harrison ford as a father figure and kurt russell as a father figure did you know how much they all looked alike in a lot of ways (laughs) with their grayish hair and beards and then you go okay so the 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 writers and directors for all of them were kind of the same mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like they drew a lot from what they'd learned from Indiana Jones when they made these other movies. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that part was kind of cool. Yeah. Guardians 2 was fun. I forgot 
I forgotten about Kurt Russell for a second. I was like, what movie were you watching with that <laughs> Kurt Russell? In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up afterwards because I was watching it. And I thought, he looks awfully familiar. Who the heck is that? So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was that was one of the things. It was the father, the father-son relationship was probably the thing that was the most interesting to me and out of the whole movie. And as as superficial as it was in the movie. I think they did a good job with it. Did did you read anything about the improvisation at all between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery? The reason I'm asking is because that scene on the Zeppelin was evidently really hot, so they shot it without their pants on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's hysterical. I thought so. I mean, Sean, Sean did it first, and then Harrison Ford thought, well, I think I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> pants optional yeah i wasn't gonna be the first yes. but men in rome <laughs> that's hysterical i love it <laughs> so if you mom if you had to rate the three indiana jones movies i know you haven't seen the other two in a long time would you put this where would you put this one um i would say one three and then two you know okay, i yeah. i can't I don't remember the first one well enough other than it was the first of a genre, you know, and I really enjoyed it because it was so different than anything we'd ever seen before. And, um, uh, I, and with the effects and everything too, I mean, I used to watch a lot of swashbuckling heroes in black and white and then as color came in and whatever, but this was like a, a different thing. And I really appreciated that when I first saw it of the Indiana Jones movies in particular. Um, this one, probably because of my age, like stuck with me the most. I guess I think of it as being the best one. And I think this really, for me, defined like the summer action movie, mm -hmm. just given yeah. the age I was at yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, see, I don't think in terms of summer action movies because I don't get my summers off anymore, even when the kids <laughs> are little, you know. It's, yeah. like, it's like, it's whatever movie, I've got to go see it now, you know, mm -hmm. and... Uh, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. I it's just I hadn't really thought of it until you started talking about it being a summer action movie. Well, and I was also picking it up because that was a conversation Charlie and I had when we were talking about Jaws, and so Charlie was saying that that was kind of the first. Yeah, it's widely considered the first summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody has a different movie that they think the the first one they realized like, oh yeah, like this for me was my first blockbuster that I was really into. Yeah, yeah. So I can definitely see that. Hmm. It just kind of set the tone, I guess, for what yeah. my expectations were for that type of movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Mom, one question we like to ask our guests is, would you recommend this movie after seeing it? And there are there any caveats to that? I would probably recommend it. Um, I think it was, again, a, pr a product of the times to a good, good degree for me. So I think for people that saw it when it first came out, it was probably a much more surprising wonderful movie it's a little harder for me to go back in time and um be that excited about something that it you know seems just all cartoonish to me and no, yeah. uh like i said i really like the harrison ford and sean connery piece that was probably the high point of the movie so would i recommend it i'm not even sure who i would recommend it to because most of the people in the world that would be my age have already seen it right <laughs> so for kids uh i you know it, it could be good. It's just that times have changed. And I, I don't think we think about 
anybody is being expendable in the way, and I know that I'm taking this too seriously, but expendable in the way the the Templar Knights were and expendable in the same way that just, it just seemed like a lot of people were, were getting killed. And that, that was, even though it was, you know, cartoon violence, it, it kind of bothered me a little bit. Definitely see that. But that's me. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like, I don't know how many people over the course of the movie were killed and murdered. It would almost be interesting to show it to, um, let's say, a 10, 11-year-old child and say, what do you think of this movie? And I, you know, I don't know whether they're so used to video games and, and all the other things that they have now that this would just be something like ho-hum or whether they might like the series because it, it had the action in it. I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. But I was very glad to have watched it all the same. You know, it sort of filled in a missing piece that was kind of important. (laughs) Well, now you have to watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, though, right? No one needs to (laughs) watch that, that? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, well, that's the fourth Indiana Jones movie. I I haven't seen it. And I will say that I just kind of refuse to acknowledge it exists as part of the the collection of Indiana Jones movies. So did it have different director and different writers and that kind of thing? or So it was, it, it was Spielberg and it had Harrison Ford in okay. it. Okay. And well, yeah. Karen Allen from the first movie was back in it. So From the first movie. Yeah. 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 So okay. They got the team back together. I like Karen Allen hmm. in the first movie. That would have been, We're um, getting that would be curious. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was not received particularly well by the Indiana Jones fandom i don't think because they were expecting something different than what they got it's not really in the same vein as the first three movies but yeah we can talk about that some other time though but if you really want to be a completionist it's the the puzzle piece that nobody asked for the fourth (laughs) indiana jones movie (laughs) so we're at the end of the show and we always like to ask our guest um now that you have watched something that we thought you should watch. What is something that you think the rest of the world should watch? Okay. Well, I have three movies that I'd, I'd like to mention. Um, it kind of depends on what kind of movie you like, which one might be, you, you know, the person's cup of tea. Um, and I think Charlie, you and I have talked about this one before. I really loved odd Thomas. Oh yeah. And some of that is because um, I really like the Dean Kuntz series and they did such a good job adapting the book to the 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 screen but another one that you and i both like is lost in translation with bill murray oh yeah um that's a little more recent but uh talk about a different take on a father figure you know right (laughs) (laughs) yeah Definitely. And one that you maybe have never seen that uh, comes from way, way back. I I can't remember how far I would say probably 1970s, early 80s is one called Local Hero. It has a person named Peter Riegert and um, Burt Lancaster. Hmm. And it's sort of a fanciful movie set in Scotland and, you know, real low key, but a lot of fun. And uh, it had some interesting effects at the very end, too. Hmm. And that was one that I've had. And most people, if they really would like to check it out, they can probably get it at their local library. Uh, I can't imagine that it would be showing up on on Netflix or anything like that. It's it's a pretty low-key movie. 
I know you have that one at home, right, on DVD, and I just don't think I've I do. watched it. I yeah. do. I keep seeing it there on a shelf. It's like, oh, maybe well, I should watch that, and then maybe next don't get time you're it. here. I mean, I, I have a feeling that maybe that one did not age as well as some of them do too. But uh, you never know. Sometimes then again, it's a story about people, and people people stories tend to, to hold up. All good suggestions. So I re- realized we didn't watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I didn't want to wait until we did <laughs> to recommend <laughs> this one. Since we're talking about Indiana Jones, there's a movie called Raiders! Exclamation mark. The story of the greatest film ever made. This was a documentary that came out a couple years ago. It's about a couple, of, a few kids who, right after they watched Raiders of the Lost Ark back in the early 80s, started to recreate every scene from it. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. And gradually, over the course of years, like yes. when they have time, like after school and uh, during vacations and stuff, and, you know, cut to the early 2010s, and they have one scene to recreate that they haven't recreated yet because it's too expensive. <laughs> it's just the the story about them creating that recreation of the movie and finally, finally getting it done. That's <laughs> it so was, It was wonderful. I loved it. You, you had a good... Yeah, fun. it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, my it does sound fun. So I have a just typical summer blockbuster-ish type movie, um, ones that I've really enjoyed. And you had mentioned watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 this morning. Um, but I was actually planning on rec- recommending the first one, the Guardians of the Galaxy, because I felt like that was um, kind of has a similar feel to it where it is a lot of action it is a lot of whatever but you have you know the buddy cop vibe between you know with the team yeah that you know everybody banding together yeah. and it's it's silly you know but yeah they're on a quest yeah and the um... it, it was a totally unexpected movie for me i just thought mm-hmm. well i've heard people like this and so i started to watch it and i was so sucked in that you know i just thought it was a wonderful thing to watch. It was so much fun. It was so much more fun than I was planning on or thinking it would be. And I agree. Exactly. Like I, I didn't see it in the theater because I didn't really, I don't know, I just didn't really catch the momentum of it or whatever. So I saw it much later and was like, this is, this is fantastic. Like, I had such a good time. Like, don't think too hard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Mom, for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Wish I was a little more exciting, but... <laughs> oh, no, this was a lot of fun. wraps it up thanks so much for joining us we had a great time hope you really enjoyed it tune in next time when we'll be introducing another friend to one of our favorite movies see you then and i am still even though I, I, you know, I've read it. I believe it. Whatever. Sean Connery only being 12 years older than Harrison Ford in this movie just totally blows my mind a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe even the fact that he's playing a father is kind of interesting because you think of him, or at least I think of him as James Bond. So, oh yeah. I mean, that was how I was introduced to him. And he was always young, virile, Mm -hmm. the the guy who got the, the chicks. Which is interesting that he got the chick in this movie too. But, yeah. you know, um... No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Even with the awful little hat they make him wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still studly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think I noticed it more this time um, when his uh, alleged bullet bullet wound is being healed. So they have his like shirt open, and you're like, yeah. 
they made your be- you know his beard is white and they have him all like bundled up in tweed for most of the movie but like once they have a shirt up and you're like yeah you're still a young guy like you can tell like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 